Hello, everyone. I'm back. Uh, new episode today with Chris Alisi, head coach of Manhattanville College up in upstate New York. He was my AU coach was on, when I was on the Rens for 16 and under. Great coach. You know, has accomplished a lot in his life as terms of just a mentor and an AU coach. Had a really successful season in Manhattanville. Actually, they finished second in the Skyline Conference. We're 16 and 10. Uh, but the New York Rens is not the only place he coached at AU-wise. He coached at New Heights previous to that. Uh, also coached with the Brooklyn Clippers and Jay Short shots more recently. So a guy that just been, has been around places and also has coached at Zavarian High School as an assistant and a freshman coach. Um, and again, just, you know, a guy that definitely uh, paved the way for me to get to where I am today. So coach, thank you so much for being on the show. Really a pleasure. It's a big honor for me, Mike. I'm really happy to be here with you today. Absolutely. So just jumping into it, you know, so you're, coaching at division three level. So, you know, that's, that's definitely a huge step up from, you know, coaching, obviously the NJ Shore shots or the New York Rens. How's that experience been for you? It's been great. You know, for me, it was always, um, you know, lo love my time in AAU basketball, love being a high school assistant coach in the New York Catholic league, being able to coach with my dad. Um, you know, but for me, I've always kind of wanted to be a college coach um, it, it's taken me a little bit longer to, you know, to, to, to get where I've, you know, ultimately always wanted to go. Um, but, you know, kind of in the back of my mind, I always, always wanted to, you know, be a division three head coach. I, I played division three at Baruch. Uh, my brother's been a head coach at Baruch, um, for, you know, for nine years. So, you know, for me, this is the level I've always wanted to, you know, kind of get to and start at and, you know, like you said earlier, you know, we had a pretty good year at Manhattanville and, you know, just looking to continue to build on that. Yeah, more of expanding on that. Out of the, all the Division three schools that, you know, or like just opportunities you were looking into, why did you feel Manhattanville was your best opportunity to get your foot in the door as a coach at the college level? You know, very, very similar, you know, conversations I remember having with you, you know, back when you were kind of going through the recruiting process. Um, I think for each individual, um, when, it, when it comes to either, you know, getting recruited to a school or potentially looking at jobs, um, you, you, you really want to look for the best fit for you. Um, and, and the best fit for you might not be the best fit for somebody else. But, you know, when the Manhattanville job came open, um, you know, it was really appealing to me. They recruited me, you know, way back when, when I was in high school. A um, couple of my really, really good friends played at Manhattanville. It, it's a place I've, I've been familiar with through the years. And, you know, when, when you step on campus, you know, I remember telling you this when, when you were taking your visits, um, you, you'll just know, you know, you'll kind of know that it's the right place for you and the right time. And, you know, for me, that was, that was the case. So you guys went 16-10 last year and 11-5 in conference, like I mentioned, also producing in all, a couple all-conference all players and one guy in Mike Gramba who set the single-season record in three-point shooting. What are you guys looking to improve on for the next season that can get you guys over that hump um, so you guys can, you know, win your conference, obviously? You know, we have to replace JoJo Cobbs, um, who was our senior, you know, kind of our leader last year, second-team all-conference. Um, you know, just a guy who, who did everything right and, 
you know, re- really led our team. And, 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 and again, guys like Granda, guys like Jake Dunn, you know, they've been in the program, they've had some success, uh, but we're pretty, you know, pretty fortunate that we had a few guys sitting out last year too. Um, Sean Smith, he'll return this year. Um, he, he was a medical red shirt last year, um, but the year prior at Manhattanville there last year in the Mac freedom conference, um, he, he was, he was the player of the year in that league. Um, so we're going to add that to, you know, what I think is already a pretty deep and a pretty connected roster. So, you know, for us, it's just continuity. And, you know, hopefully in these next couple of weeks, we have a chance to maybe get back in the gym, get back on the floor and, you know, just continue to get better, um, continue to, you know, just keep moving in the right direction. Um, like you said, we had a pretty, you know, pretty successful year last year, finishing tied for second in, in, in the in the skyline north with, with SUNY Purchase, our rival right down the road, um, Yeshiva University. Um, they were, I think they were 27 and one when it all finished up. And, you know, they were kind of rolling through the NCAA tournament, um, looking to make a pretty deep run. So, you know, for us, we think we've got a lot of potential. We have a lot of talent in our program, but, you know, we play in a pretty good league too. So, you know, we just got to keep getting better and better. Yeah, talk a little bit also about maybe how your coaching style has shifted from, play, you know, coaching with me and the New York Rens where you had guys like Sloan Seymour, Kobe Cockburn, Khalid Moore, Jason Douglas Stanley, just, you know, obviously Division One high-level players, right? To now coaching a Division Three program where the talent's still good, but it's just – it's a lot different. You're going to be – you're not having guys who are possibly going to be going to play overseas or the NBA at high levels, right? So talk a little bit about how your coaching style maybe has shifted a little bit. Um, I've had a lot to learn in year one. You know, like you said, I've been pretty fortunate to coach, you know, with some great organizations, um, some really, really talented players. Just, again, talking about your team specifically, um, you know, you were a backup on that team, but you you were a backup for, you know, the Big Ten freshman of the year last year in Kofi and, you know, a guy like Sloan who – you know, I think he broke a record up at Siena as, as a freshman, you know, shooting threes. Um, so we, we were fully loaded. We always had, you know, a lot of depth with the Wrens and a lot of depth with New Heights. Um, but, you know, I feel like at Manhattanville, we have, we have terrific players that are, that are really, really bought into being great where they are. Um, so for me, my style, you know, I don't know that it's shifted a whole lot. Um, but I think as far as managing personalities and managing egos, um, it's, it's, it's a little bit different, um, with AAU, you know, guys are, and, and rightfully so they're, they're thinking about their recruitment and they're thinking about, you know, they're thinking about their next level, um, at Manhattanville, you know, and, and, and similar, I, I would imagine to Amherst, you know, guys want to win championships there and they're not thinking about their next stop. They're not thinking about, you know, what the next level is because for most of us, the next level is, you know, the real world, getting jobs and, you know, start starting podcasts. So it's been it's been a learning curve for me just as far as being a head coach at the college level. But um, I like to stay true to who I am and, and, and true to my style. So it hasn't it hasn't changed a whole lot. So you guys actually, I, I saw this stat in Synergy recently, had like a 1.13 assist to turnover ratio, which is very impressive, obviously, just for like a first-year coach coming in to get that able to happen, right? 
what did you what do you emphasize or what did you emphasize to allow that to be so effective and allow your offense to not be derailed by so many turnovers that you see so many times in division three basketball yeah i mean we play with you know multiple guards on the floor at the same time multiple point guards um, we had a freshman this year uh tommy latito from from staten island um saint peter's high school who you know he was our sixth man but you know, more often than not, he was a guy that was finishing games with with Mike Gronder and with Jake Dunn and with Petey Galgano. Um, so we were able to put, you know, multiple ball handlers, multiple decision makers. Um, you know, I know our numbers don't reflect it um, as much as I would like them to, but but I thought we shot the ball really well um, and, and, and played a pretty open, free-flowing offense where – you know, guys were guys were encouraged to make plays and you know to 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 really expand upon um, their their own individual skill sets. Um, so it was great. I mean, it was just a great, great, great group of guys to coach in year one because they're they were determined last year to you know to be winners. Like they they played in a really tough conference, the Mac Freedom. Um, with a lot of big road trips. Um, so the move over to the skyline, you know, has helped a lot in that regard. Um, we were able to beat four teams last year that went to the NCAA tournament. Um, so, again, we're, we're trying to, you know, just trying to continue to raise the bar and, and, and get to different levels here. So when you coached me, the thing I took away is you're huge on accountability and pushing guys to their potential. So like, you know, getting on guys, but in the right way to get that. Where did that come from? Because you see a lot of coaches that sometimes just want to be a little too nice to guys and not quite push them hard enough. Where did that come from for you? I mean, obviously for me, everything, you know, everything I try to do as a head coach, um, I learned it firsthand playing for my dad. Um, and then later on, you know, being able to be his assistant coach for nine years. Um, so I would say as far as my, you know, my style, my philosophy on coaching, you know, it comes from my dad. But, you know, aside from him, my brother, you know, I've watched him and I've, I've kind of been on the inside watching him handle his program at Baruch. But then other, other, other mentors that I've had, you know, guys like Chris Mullen, um, guys like Danny Hurley. Um, they, they all share a very similar, you know, characteristic as far as far as accountability with players. Um, I think it's a, a very fine line when you talk about freedom versus accountability. Um, for me, I think they both go hand in hand. Um, I like to give guys a lot of freedom um, to be able to play and, you know, make mistakes and, you know, ultimately get better from that. But but at the same time, if you know, if you're not doing the right things or if you're, you know, kind of going off script a little bit, um, just holding guys accountable and, and pushing them to be better. Yeah, so one thing I just want to transition a little bit back into AAU with was, so when you were coaching, like, our team, um, like, I would say the style was definitely, you know, we definitely had four guys in the perimeter who could all shoot. Um, and we had probably three guys because Sloan was more of a shooter that could get to the rim, right? But we will look to throw it inside because we had Kofi down there. But I saw with your team, you guys like to shoot a lot of threes. Was that based on the fact that you went in this year and you said, okay, our talent requires us to be more open and shoot threes? Or is it just because you saw the way the game's going and you're saying, well, for us to win also, it has to be three-point shooting? I think it's a combination of both. Um, obviously, basketball at, at, at most levels – 
um, today, you know, certainly a lot more threes are being being shot than 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 ten years ago, really five years ago even. Um, but for me, it was it was really just our personnel and 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 what we had. Um, I mentioned earlier, you know, we, we didn't have Sean Smith this year. Um, he's kind of like a, you know, a, a real versatile guy at this level. Can play the two, the three, the four. You know, can probably play the five in some spots if 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 we want to go real small. Uh, but we also had another guy, Connor Yetman, sitting out. Um, he he's an Australian kid who who started a lot of games as a freshman in the front court, um, and then we lost our starting center um, right before conference play started. So, you know, for us, the best way to play was to, you know, to open the floor and 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 try to play real fast. And I think the byproduct of that was we have really good shooters and, you know, we typically, you know, we, we took a lot of good shots as the, as the year progressed. Another thing I saw on synergy, just cause obviously we at, at Amherst use synergy a lot. Um, something I saw was you guys were really good defensively, right? Like you, like the numbers you guys had were really good. What did you preach defensively? Um, cause you guys, I saw you guys ran a lot of man, but what did you preach? Like, what principle specifically? Because some a lot of guys run man a little bit differently now at this level than you would see in AAU, where it's kind of free flowing. Yeah, we. I mean, starting the year off, we were we were not real good defensively. Um, you know, we played two teams in your conference. Um, we actually played a really really good game against Trinity um, back in November. We were winning that game at halftime. It was. It was tied, I think, with like eight minutes left. And then they kind of ran away from us. Um, you know, we didn't defend them real well in the second half of that game. And then we played Wesleyan at home. Um, and, and, you know, for us at Manhattanville, that's a, that's a pretty big non-conference opportunity to get a team like Wesleyan at home. And, you know, they, they handled us. They, they beat us by 20. We couldn't guard them. Um, and then from there, we kind of tightened things up a little bit defensively. We... We definitely switched a lot more one through five. Um, that worked really well for us. Um, but really, you know, staying true to the basics of defense. And, you know, the one thing I've I, – I was fortunate enough to be around Virginia um, a little bit as they went through their championship run two years ago. Um, and I remember just watching a practice down there a couple of years ago. Um, and obviously Tony Bennett's probably the – you know, maybe the best defensive coach in the country right now. Um, but his practices were so simple when, when, when you think about what they were doing defensively. Um, but it's, 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 it's constant. You know, the one thing I took away from him is, you know, defense is constant and it's continuous. Um, so for us, it was just every day, you know, not reinventing the wheel, but, you know, a lot of shell drill, a lot of one-on-one -on -one individual guarding, getting in gaps, um, and then again, where, where we really transformed our season, uh, my assistant coach, Brian Sunday, um, who's a former division two head coach at Concordia. Um, he, he basically kind of took the reins of the defense almost as a coordinator, so to speak. And, you know, that's when we started to really get out and switch everything. And, you know, we were just really, really good in the gaps. And, you know, if you can, if you can control gaps in, in division three basketball, I think you can have a lot of success because, you know, a lot of the teams that, that we play and, you know, I'm sure teams that you play are, you know, pretty similar to us where they want to get in the lane and they want to spread you out, drive it, kick it. Um, you know, so for us, 
I thought we we improved as the year went on defensively, but you know, I don't think we got to the championship level that that I'm hoping we do get to here. You know, in in the very near future. So when you're watching the NBA, because obviously that's what's really on right now. That's what we'll only be watching. What have you taken away from a team like the Rockets from yesterday? Because, like, speaking of a yeah. small ball team, right, their defense was really good yesterday. Um, yep. like, what did you take away from that that you can say, like, this is why small ball can work at different levels? I think it's, you know, small ball is here to stay. Um, I read a tweet last night from Draymond Green where, you know, he basically tweeted that, you know, a lot of, a lot of the fives in the NBA right now are probably rooting for the Lakers. Um, you know, unless your name is Jokic or, you know, Anthony Davis, Carl Towns, um, you know, I think the Rockets have proven that, you know, you can, you can win playing, playing real small. I don't think they've played a guy over six, seven since, since like December, um, that, you know, five years ago, that would have been impossible to believe in the NBA. Um, I just think as a whole, you know, the basketball and the bubble is, is has been, incredibly incredibly good um and i've you know i've had a lot of conversations with different people um about why that is um, but my takeaways are you know what's going on with the nba right now in the bubble it, it reminds me a lot of like you know peach jam you know you played in peach jam and you know I, I feel like through the years historically you know guys have like played their best basketball of their life at Peach Jam, and, 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 and I think the reason why for that is, you know, you think about what happens in Peach Jam, right? You, you play two games a day, um, but your downtime, it, it's just so micromanaged. You're taking care of your body, you're off your feet, you're in your room, you're eating pretty well, you're not traveling, um, there's no distractions. So, you know, I think a lot of that has been true in the NBA where you take the best, best, best players in the world and you act, you know, you've obviously asked them to make big sacrifices away from their families. And, you know, I think the byproduct of that has been, you know, just, just really, really, really well played basketball at the, at the highest possible level. Yeah. Something I also pointed out too, that I've noticed is since you're not having that travel time between, let's say you're playing game two to game three, right. The players right. aren't as tired. Like people were saying, you know, the Rockets would be exhausted coming into game one. But if you really have that, I feel like the mental toughness piece, right, that kind of allows that. And there's no travel. It doesn't really make a huge difference. I was wondering also just what you thought about the Steve Nash hire. Obviously, I'm not looking really to get into like that optic stuff that they were talking about in ESPN. Just like the fact from a basketball standpoint, how you feel about that hire. Because you're from, you know, that you're from Staten Island. But, you know, the, the Brooklyn Nets, the New York Knicks are the teams around our area. So how do you feel about Steve Nash as a hire? I think it's, it's, it's very much outside the box. Um, you know, I'm a pretty big Steve Nash fan. I've, I've loved following his career and, you know, following him post-retirement. You know, I know he's a guy that, you know, spent a lot of time in New York. I think he lives in New York now, like plays soccer um, Saturday mornings. And um, I think it's, again, I think it's outside the box, but, um, I think it's, I think it's got a lot of potential. You know, I think, I think there's been situations like Steve Nash's hiring that have, that have, that have worked out pretty well. Um, you think about Steve Kerr, you know, getting the Warriors job seven, six, seven years ago. Um, he's had a lot of success with that. 
Um, you think about Jason Kidd, who, you know, took over the Brooklyn Nets when they had Deron Williams and Joe Johnson, um, Pierce and Garnett, you know, towards the end of their careers. Um, I think there's, I think there's a lot of potential for it. Um, you know, he, he's one of the greatest point guards of all time. He's got one of the best basketball minds of all time. Um, and he, he obviously had a pretty, you know, pretty big impact on KD, um, you know, in their time together in Golden State. So, um, you know, I think it's a, I think it's a high risk, high reward type of a hire. So I'm excited to, you know, kind of watch how it plays out. Now I'm a long suffering Nick fan. So, you know, we'll see, but I think, I think it's outside the box. I think obviously it's kind of dominated the headlines here over the last couple of days, but you know, he's a legend and, you know, I think he's, I think he's, I think he's cut out for it. Last thing I wanted to talk about before we wrap up is what have you been doing, not just from like a coaching standpoint to get your team prepared, but like what have you been doing during this time to keep yourself kind of focused and motivated and all that kind of stuff when everything right now in the world is pretty uncertain? Yep. I think the, you know, the best thing we have as college coaches is synergy uh, because you can, you, you can spend a lot of time, um, you know, watching your, watching your film and breaking it down, watching other teams, um, so for me, it's just been a lot of, you know, a lot of film stuff and, you know, preparing for this year ahead where, you know, I think if, if things go really well, I think we'll have an opportunity to play at some point. So, you know, really trying to, you know, obviously like everybody else, stay healthy, stay safe, um, make sure my players, my student athletes are healthy and safe. Um, they're back on campus now. Um, they just wrapped up their first week of classes. So, you know, for me, it's like everybody else. It's been a it's been a challenging time, um, not being around the guys for five months. But you know, we've had a bunch of Zoom meetings and and Microsoft Teams meetings. So just just staying in touch with guys, staying on top of everything, um, and 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 again, watching a lot of film from last year to to plan ahead for this year because I think our roster is, you know, it's a little different than it was last year. So. As far as style of play goes, we may have to tweak some things. We have to change some things. So just kind of, you know, always, always planning ahead. Well, Coach, I want to thank you for your time coming on the podcast. You know, obviously, it's always great talking to you because, you, like I said, you definitely were a huge influence in the way I progressed my work ethic and basketball life going forward. Um, and I wish you the best of luck with everything. You know, obviously, you play against us. I'm not going to wish you best of luck against us. But otherwise, I do wish you the best of luck. And I'm really happy that you're getting a great opportunity. You deserve it. And, um, you know, hope to see you soon at some point. So, you know. and, and, you know, just from, I want to just say one thing before I finish up, just to, to your listeners, you know, people that follow you, um, you know, I think a guy like Mike is is a great example for, you know, for a lot of young basketball players out there, um, you know, my personal experience with you is I, I, I only got to coach you for one year, um, and that was your 16 and under year with the Wrens. Um, and again, like we mentioned earlier, you know, you didn't, you didn't get a whole lot of playing time. You were playing behind guys like Kofi and guys like Sloan. Um, but the things I take away from my time with you, um, you, you were always the guy in the huddles after the game, games that you didn't play a whole lot. Um, you, you were always preaching accountability and preaching, you know, team stuff. You always sat in that first seat in the van, whether we won or lost. And, 
you know, you'd be up there breaking down the game with, with myself and, and coach Seymour Fox, you know, so I think there's, I think there's a lot to take away from your story too. Um, you know, you, you kind of climb the levels of high school and AAU and, you know, you ended up at a, at a world-class academic school like Amherst and, you know, you've had a really good career there so far and I think it's only going to get better. Appreciate it, Coach. And uh, again, like I said, you know, I hope your family is doing well and I hope that you have continued success in Manhattanville. Um, nothing would make me happier, obviously, seeing you guys win your conference. Um, so, you know, again, thank you so much for being on the podcast. It really means a lot to me. Thanks for having me, Mike.